Dr. Geneva Speaks. Thank you for tuning in to Dr. Geneva Speaks, where you'll hear amazing leaders from across the nation and around the world. Your host, Dr. Geneva Williams, a cutting-edge, transformational leadership coach, hopes and believes this show will enlighten, entertain, and inspire you to make a difference in the world. So listen up as Dr. Geneva Speaks. Well, hi there. Once again, this is Dr. Geneva, and welcome, welcome, as we take a look into the heads and hearts of leaders and the greater purpose they inspire in others. I'm so delighted to be having this great conversation with you once again, you know, where we feature uh, conversations with top leaders for leaders. And, you know, we explore the thinking of today's CEOs of corporations and those presidents of nonprofits and just chief of everything entrepreneurs who are really leading their markets, their organizations. They're making an impact on the community. So I always hope that this show will ignite your soul and have you look at life and leadership through an entirely different prism. Discover the obstacles that the leaders we talk with face, the failures they bounce back from, and their personal stories. You know, it's those personal stories that are so important. And every successful woman and man has a personal story behind them. And we want you to learn what makes them tick and what ticks them off and to hear what breaks their heart and what they're doing about it. And as I always say, leadership today is tough and can feel lonely at times, but I'm hopeful that this podcast will refresh you, guide you, inspire you on your journey to greater purpose. Now, I've got some questions for you. Here's what I want to know. See if you can answer these. Who created the first top-to-bottom redesign of America's oldest and largest black magazine, winning critical acclaim? Whose leadership vision has shaped Harper's Bazaar, Essence, Teen People, and Honey Magazine? Who was named in 2012 as the Media Executive of the Year, got the Trailblazer Award from the National Association of Black Journalists, and an Aldo Award for Fashion Journalism? Give up? You should know by now it's our guest, and I am so thrilled, Amy Dubois Barnett, an award-winning media executive, brand architect, adjunct professor at the Kellogg School of Management, and former editor-in-chief, Ebony Magazine. Recently, ESPN recruited Amy to develop a new digital brand focusing on multimedia content for a millennial audience. And currently, Amy is consulting for companies in the media and technology industries. Under Amy's leadership, Ebony, the iconic magazine, grew its base by 11% in 2011 and was listed as one of ad agencies 25 fastest growing magazines in the country based on circulation and even won a record-breaking recognition as a magazine brand to watch 
and is one of the top five advertising gainers in the industry. From race relations to female empowerment to business leadership and branding, Amy Barnett speaks on a wide range of topics weekly as an on-air correspondent for CNN's America Morning and on the Today Show, Good Morning America, Nightline, MTV, and BET. Amy is the author of the NAACP Image Award-nominated advice book for women of color, Get Get Yours, How to Have Everything You Ever Dreamed of and More. So you can see why I'm so excited to have Amy Barnett as our guest, and welcome, Amy. Well, thank you, Dr. Geneva. That was an incredible introduction, and I'm very honored to be on uh, your podcast. Well, we are honored to have you. And you know, Amy, i got to tell you this. When I told my daughter, now my daughter's a millennial, and um, she, when she went, she went to Bowling Green University, and she was part of the Hatch program. This is for young entrepreneurs who go through some stiff competition and have to speak before and sell their product like uh, you see on Shark Tank. And she was part uh-huh. of that Hatch program, and you were a guest speaker. And when she found out you were going to be on my show tonight, she was, she was just so thrilled because she was so impressed by you. And the takeaway that she had from listening to you when you spoke before her was how you talked about how it was important to study and to educate yourself and to really, really focus on, you know, how you can just make it if you just believe in yourself. So I just wanted to share that with you and let you know that I'm sure you you impressed many, many young women, but my daughter was <laughs> enthralled with you. <laughs> wow, that's so sweet. I'm really happy she was in the audience at Bowling Green. I, I really enjoyed speaking to uh that crowd, it was just a bunch of very engaged young people who were incredibly goal-oriented and ambitious and community-minded, and um, I did very much enjoy that engagement. I met some wonderful people afterwards, so I hope that she came up and said hello. Yes, yes, and and so tell me, so you speak to, to millennials all over the country. Uh, what do you tell them about yourself and what inspired you to develop and come to where you are in your career? Well, you know, a lot of times when I speak to young people, I like to tell them um, that my own path was circuitous. You know, I didn't just walk right into journalism after college. I actually cycled through a couple of different careers in order to find my passion and really figure out what I'm, I'm good at. And, and during that process, I also had a, a, a tremendous personal tragedy. My mother passed away right after I graduated from college. So I, I want to reassure, uh, uh, you know, millennials and everybody who's striving toward a goal that it's not always a straight path. Sometimes you need to take a couple of, of twists and turns in order to really figure out what it is that you're going to be great at in this world. And you know, my, my strongest advice is to really come to what it is that you love. You know, really focus on what it is that you love, not on the money. Um, because if you focus on what it is that you love and you get very, very good at it, then the money will come. So, you know, again, it's really those two core messages, you know, um, uh, don't be discouraged by the, the left and right turns that you may take en route to your, to your goal. Um, and also focus on doing what you love. Focus on your passion. Everything else will come from that. 
That is just uh, wonderful. Tell us a little bit, Amy, about you. You mentioned, uh, you know, you gave us a little taste of of your growing up. Tell us, what was your childhood like, and and what what happened um, that that got you into, you know, doing all these wonderful things that you do? All right, we're we're going back, Dr. Geneva. (laughs) Yes, uh, yes, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I was very, very fortunate. Um, I had the example of my mother growing up. Um, My mom, Dr. Marguerite Ross Barnett, uh, was the first African-American president of a major research university. And so I was able, you know, I had a very rare experience of growing up with uh, a very accomplished, hardworking, but extremely loving and present mother who um, who showed me how to both be successful and um, how to also be uh, family-oriented. Um, and, you know, my mother was operating in a very mainstream world, so she really helped me think through and understand how to navigate all different audiences. Um, you know, as a, as a result of her career, we ended up moving a lot. Um, so that, you know, was hard in, in parts, but also helped me um, to uh, to get good at, making new friends and um, being comfortable in different environments. Um, so we actually you know, moved from university to university for, for uh, much of my life. Um, I actually lived abroad when, when I was young and then in college. I, I um, speak fluent French um, and, uh, and I lived in France for a little while. And, um, and you know, when I, I went to, to college, I thought that I was going to have the kind of typical corporate career that you have as a as a smart liberal arts person, you know, I was like, well, I'm just going to go to law school because that's what people do when they liberal arts smart, you know. So I was kind of headed in that direction. I, I um, started working in finance, right on Wall Street in corporate finance right after I graduated, and I was studying for the LSAT, and I was really just sort of headed down this corporate path. And then my mom passed away. And when she when she mm-hmm. died, you know, it really threw my entire um, you know, kind of life into into obviously turmoil, but also perspective. And I really um, mm-hmm. understood some of the core messages that I enumerated in my book. Um, and, you know, one of the main ones was that, um, you know, nobody can call inside and live your life for you. You know, this is really your life. And no matter who is around you, who loves you, you know, tremendously, your family, your friends, your, or your partner, whoever it is, um, they cannot call inside your skin and live your life for you. You, you are really responsible for your own happiness and your own destiny at the end of the day. You can be supported, you can support others, but really your happiness is your personal responsibility. And when you realize that, on one hand, it's a very kind of lonely revelation. It's kind of scary, like, oh, my God, I'm, I'm in it by myself. On the other hand, it's tremendously empowering. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I mm-hmm. found it to be a tremendously empowering revelation because I took ownership of my life um, from that moment on, and I really began to make decisions about um, my career, my personal life, et cetera, based on what I wanted, not what anybody else told me I should be doing. Um, so that was a, a philosophical 180 for me um, that really mm-hmm. you know, set me down the, the path that I've been on for the last you know, X number of years. Mm-hmm. What got you into journalism? Um, you know, I always loved to write. Um, I actually, so I started off on Wall Street, and after my mom passed away, I, I uh, switched focus, and I, I enjoyed, you know, fashion quite a bit, so I, I um you know, got a certificate in fashion merchandising, and then I was an assistant buyer for Lord and Taylor. And then, um, you know, I was doing that, and I just, I just um, realized that that it wasn't, you know, fashion is something that I liked. I liked to look nice, but as a as a as a professionist, my passion is the thing I want to do day in and day out. You know, for the the rest of my professional life, it was not um, satisfying for me. So, 
Um, mm-hmm. I actually, you know, I, I quit that job and I actually moved to Ireland, believe it or not, for a year to study literature and um, okay. applied to, uh, to grad schools and uh, got in and started working at MFA in creative writing, thinking I was going to, mm-hmm. you know, be a, a novelist as a profession. Um, but then, you know, I had no money, so I needed to yeah. pay my rent. <laughs> so I ended up uh, um, working for a website, actually it was a fashion-oriented website, um, and it just all took off from there. It just happened that I was good at journalism, and I just kind of mm-hmm. went, you know, progressed up the up the ladder, the management ladder, very quickly. Um, and um, and when I graduated from my master's program, I I started working full time for I think I was running the fashion and beauty and the lifestyle department for Essence um, right after I graduated. Mm-hmm. Just phenomenal. Now, you were editor-in-chief at Ebony um, yes, magazine ma'am. And, mm-hmm. and just did a whole redo of, of that iconic um, magazine. Uh, what was that experience at uh, Ebony like? And what, what leadership lessons did you learn? Um, you know, Ebony was quite possibly the honor of my entire professional career. I mean, every journalist worth their salt, um, African-American journalist, I should say, you know, just dreamed of touching the Ebony brand. Um, and, you know, I, I had looked at it for so many years and, and thought of all, you know, so many ideas that I would uh, like to do with that brand should I ever, um, should I ever uh, you know, be in a position of leadership for it. So when I got there, it was just, um, you know, a just an amazing opportunity. Um, and like I said, an amazing honor, you know, because Ebony has been the magazine of record for African-Americans for the last 70 plus years. And, um, and they put a lot of trust into me and my leadership and um, allowed me to do that top to bottom redesign because it was the first time it had been done. They allowed me to change the logo. They allowed me to change um, all the departments in the magazine, all the fonts, the layout, everything. Um, and mm. you know, it, it was it was you know a, kind of a wholesale um, shift for the book um, that 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 was really meant to reinvigorate uh, reinvigorate and also to bring in um, some new audience. So that you know, we made sure that we were engaging not just the longtime Ebony readers, but also uh, a new uh, readership. You know, like you know, for example, such as your daughter. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I learned mm-hmm. some tremendous lessons. You know, while I was well, I was there. I mean, I, you know, you, you, every, every job you have, you know, you, you, you learn something, you learn something, um, you learn something really great, you know, and um, I think at that company, one of the major challenges was trying to um, blend the, um, the, the, the historical knowledge and institutional knowledge of the longtime uh, staffers at Johnson Publishing Company uh, with the kind of fresh perspective of the newer hires that I was bringing on and my own fresh perspective. So I was really just trying to balance that uh, cultural schism in a way that would yield a, um, a um, you know, best-in-class product. Yes. Yes, and I, I'm sure that was a tremendous uh, learning experience and opportunity. If you are just joining us, it is my pleasure to be talking with Amy Dubois Barnett, award-winning media executive, brand architect, 
uh, editor, former editor-in-chief, Ebony Magazine, um, now consulting for companies in, in the media and technology industries, and author she is. And so, Amy, you know, you've, I, I just want to hear about this uh, Get Yours, How to Have Everything You Ever Dreamed of and More, your book. Give us mm-hmm. a, a quick snapshot of what that book tells us. Uh, well, you know, I promise a lot in the name, <laughs> but but I deliver. <laughs> um, okay. You know, it, it, <laughs> you know, it is um, it's really for uh, women and girls um, who are trying to figure out what their path is in life, or you know, want to make a change in their path, or just want some reinforcement that they're moving in the right direction. Um, you know, it it. It is ultimately actually kind of a love letter to my mother, you know, because a lot of the lessons that mm-hmm. I talk about in the book are things that either she taught me or that I learned um, after she passed away. Um, you know, and it is it is a book about um, really it's about a book about independence at the end of the day. You know, I really um, I really feel very strongly about um, our young women of color um, and and all of, all women of color, all women really, but you know, I have a soft spot for women of color. Um, I feel very strongly about us um, being independent and living our passions and um, really experiencing all that life has to offer. And I don't think that that's a message that gets repeated to us uh, frequently enough. So I talk mm-hmm. a lot in my book about um, about um, uh, uh, having adventures and um, taking risks and also um, understanding that fear is growth, you know, that the only way that you know that you're growing and becoming all that you can be um, in this world, in this life, is if you are uncomfortable and if you are afraid, if you stay within your mm-hmm. uh, uh, comfortable, um, you know, parameters and confines, you will never, ever figure out exactly who you could be in this world. So I talk a lot about trying to push outside of your comfort zone um, into areas that might be unknown and scary, but that that will teach you something about mm-hmm. yourself and allow you to expand mm-hmm. as a human being. Um, yes. You know, I talk a lot about living life every day. You know, I really do believe in making every single day count. I don't think that this day is coming around again. And um, so I really do think, you know, to myself almost every day, okay, what am I going to do to make it count? How is this day going to count? Um, so, you know, you know, these are just some of the things that, that I, I um, you know, I talk about in the book. But those are those are core messages that I, I think are very important. And, again, I think that, that we don't get to hear enough. Yes, you know, and and this whole um, notion of uh, you going out of your comfort zone and you have to, you know, take risk and and uh, the fear is what propels you. You know, that's a constant theme that uh, we hear often from leaders who have conversations with us on this show, and and I'm always asking uh, folk. Uh, about that, what your tips or suggestions are about how you, how do you step out of that comfort zone? Do you have a favorite strategy uh, that you can share with us for stepping out and, and uh, you know, going and taking that risk? You know, sometimes it comes down to um, really just taking opportunities. I think that we may not realize how frequently we turn down opportunities, we say no to things that may, um, you know, push us in directions that we never, that we could have never foreseen if we had said yes, you know, so I, I, I guess as a, as a baseline piece of advice, I add, um, for really 
staying open to opportunities, be they social, professional, mm-hmm. spiritual, mm-hmm. whatever it is, stay open to opportunity, physical, mm-hmm. you know, stay open to opportunities that um, push you out, you know, beyond what you've already experienced um, because that in and of itself may, may take you in another direction. You really just have no idea. You may meet somebody. You may find something new you love. You just really don't, don't know. Um, and so, you know, and I think that as you, as you take those steps, you know, it's it's very difficult. I mean, there's no there's no piece of pat advice I can give anybody on how to how to how to handle fear because you really just have to kind of handle it. You just have to take a deep breath and understand that okay, I'm growing. <laughs> Sometimes uh-huh. I can really okay. I'm like, well, okay. I'm like, I'm just well, I'm growing. <laughs> you know, that's a you know, tip. you know, you take a deep breath and you say something positive to yourself. I'm growing. Um, right, so I'm is, growing. Is that how? Just, yeah, is is that um, so, so is that one of the ways that that you handle um, some of those scary times and some of those risk taking times by taking deep breaths and and positively saying things to yourself? Oh, I absolutely do. And the other thing is, you know, I really I I I don't believe I know for a fact that nobody's going to give you an opportunity to do something that you don't think that you deserve or that you don't think you can handle yourself. So part mm-hmm. of taking risks and part of stepping out is really just believing in yourself. It's kind of, you know, kind of almost thinking until you make it, you know, like you really mm-hmm. do need to, to mm-hmm. believe that you can do this thing beyond what you've are, you know, done historically. And then you have to convey that to somebody and then you have to project that energy of confidence and then you'll get the opportunity and then you'll be able to really take it. But all of that is scary. You know, sometimes yeah. living in yourself is the scariest thing that you can do. You know, it, it's hard. It's hard to mm-hmm. take a risk on yourself, bet on yourself, but that's what you have to do in this life. Sometimes you just have to make a bet on yourself. You know, like, okay, I'm, mm-hmm. I, I have to, I have to believe that I can figure this out. I have to believe that I have the skill, the will, the, the resources, um, and the passion to make my dreams happen. And you have to mm-hmm, make other mm-hmm. people believe that too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, a- Amy, I think you're so right. And it, again, another example of the kinds of things that leaders have to, to have to deal with. And I know you've done a lot of thinking and talking about also the subject of how leaders deal with career crisis. And in fact, I, I, I was reading some of your remarks from the uh, Black Enterprise Summit in, uh, I think it was this past April, uh-huh. um, where, yeah, where you were talking about transitions, career crises, transitions. And one of the things that you said, one of the takeaways you said that I thought was so cool, and I said, well, I definitely want to ask you about, you said, there's no ladder in a career. You move up down sideways sometimes you jump off to get some water and rest tell us about that you know what what does that mean and and particularly tell us because you know i always thought about career ladder and you always hear it but but what how do you how do you jump off and then get back on tell us about that well you know i mean it's it's challenging but you know that's the thing you know people really have this misperception that, you know, your career is just going to go straight up. Like, you will get this job. You're going to get a better job. You're going to get a better job. You know, it just, it just doesn't happen that way. I mean, it's, it's uh-huh. what I like to say is that it's, a, it's not a ladder. It's a jungle gym. 
You know, you you know, you're at the jungle gym. You're climbing up, you climb inside okay. ways, you might, you know, you hang mm-hmm. in by your knees upside down in the middle for a minute, you know. <laughs> you know, you might jump off because, you know, your mom calls you for whatever whatever it is, you know, there's all sorts of things that happen during the course of your career. And um you have to kind of expect that. You just have to really expect that um there's gonna be some challenges along the way. Um, and to take that as part of your leadership experience and part and, and learn the lessons from that and absorb them and let them make you a more interesting and evolved executive. Mm-hmm. And so what about the part where you say sometimes you have to jump off this, uh, I guess we'll call it a jungle, uh, the jungle gym, you know, the thing that goes round and round rather than straight up and down. Um, what, what did you mean when you said sometimes you have to jump off to get some water and rest. Is that something that mm-hmm. you did or experienced in, in your career? Yes, it sure is. Um, you know, I think that if you are um, uh, um, in a high-impact, uh, high high-stress career, um, you know, sometimes you really do need a rest. And, and whether that's a, you know, a long rest, you, sometimes you can take you know, a month or two between jobs if you, if you can, um, or it's just a vacation. You know, I I, um, I have this you know funny story. I was I was uh, interviewing or I guess negotiating my package from um, one of the media companies that shall remain nameless, and the um, the executive who was hiring me, you know, we were kind of going back and forth over over vacation weeks. You know, and I I um, you know he was trying to offer me three and I wanted you know four whatever. And so, mm-hmm. you know, finally, I, I was unyielding. I, I just, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I was like, I want four, period. Like, I'm not, this is non-negotiable point for me. And finally, he goes, well, fine, I'll just give you the four weeks. You're not going to take them anyway. So I just, I looked at him <laughs> and I was like, I really, really need you to understand this. I just need to be very clear up front. I, I don't want there to be any misunderstanding down the road. I'm going to take every single day of this four weeks of vacation. I, I really want you to please be prepared for that. I'm like, you just need to understand mm-hmm. who I am. Um because I, I sincerely believe that recharging um, makes you just a, a faster, smarter, more nimble um, executive, you know, um, and gives you more perspective, you know. So sometimes it can just be a vacation, but I also believe that if you can, um, it's very interesting to, you know, kind of take a take some time uh, but you know, certainly between jobs or um, if you want to pursue something else related to the positions that you've had historically, you know, take a little bit of time um, and, you know, m- move toward a related goal or just, you know, get some perspective on what it is that you're doing and what it is that you want to do. You know, sometimes we're just moving forward so quickly, um, you know, and, uh, you know, attacking tasks so voraciously that we don't really take a minute to think about whether or not we want to continue down that path, whether or not we want to, um, you know, do something that's, that's you know, related within the same company, do something completely different. I mean, there's a lot of ways that a person can go in this life, and if you don't have the space and time to get that perspective, then you may never be able to um, move in the direction of your, your real passions. Mm-hmm. So recharging and reflecting uh, is, is, is critical, and, and I like what you say about um, – helps leaders be more nimble, more fresh, uh, be more on, on it, it would seem. So tell me, Amy, what's next for you? What's the next chapter in your fabulous career? Well, I have uh, I relocated to Los Angeles a little over two mm-hmm. years ago, um, and I worked with ESPN for about a year to help them launch a new brand. 
Um, and now I am uh, taking my years of producing content for uh, magazine and digital brands and I'm translating that into television. So I've started to mm. uh, produce television projects. Um, uh, I've got a, you know, so I'm working toward um, a couple of uh, unscripted projects and possibly a scripted project. And um, and I'm also writing uh, Andre Harrell's autobiography, which is a hoot. <laughs> oh, my goodness. How wonderful. Can you mm-hmm. give us a quick snapshot of what, what what's that looking like in our last few seconds with you? Of of which of which what is what 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 is looking like? Oh, you, the book that you're you said you were oh, writing that, a book and what? Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm writing Andre Harrell's autobiography. So I'm I'm you know it's going to be all about you know how he founded Uptown and all of the insane, crazy anecdotes you know that he's got about all the artists like Mary J. Blige and Puff and everybody else. So you know the man is a is a tremendous uh, font of, of insane anecdotes. So um, I'm very looking very much looking forward to everybody being able to get an insider perspective into. Um, his his uh, pass. Oh, that sounds exciting. We'll, we'll be waiting for that. And so if people wanted to connect with you, do you have a website or a Twitter handle you can share? Um, sure. Social media is a great way to connect with me. Um, on Twitter, I'm Amy D. Barnett. Um, on Instagram, I'm, I'm Amy Dubois Barnett. Um, I'm on Facebook as well. Um and, uh, you know, I get a lot of speaking invitations through my various social media platforms. So that is always a great place to reach me. I'm on LinkedIn as well. Thank you. You can pretty Thank much you find so much. me anywhere. A- Amy, Amy Barnett, it has been such a pleasure to talk with you. And I love that Get Yours, How to Have Everything You Ever Dreamed of and More, your book, um, just fabulous. Best of everything to you. And my daughter was right. Thank you very much, Dr. Geneva. Thanks for tuning in to Dr. Geneva Speaks. Dr. Geneva Williams, an expert facilitator and leadership coach, lecturer, and keynote speaker. For more information on Dr. Geneva, visit her online at www.drgenevaspeaks.com. That's drgenevaspeaks.com.